Hey there, creeps, and welcome back to The Devil's Cut, a cooking show that brings a whole family to the table. So, Matt, what do you have for us today? Well, Eric, as you can see, we're cutting right to the thick of it with this one. Now, traditionally, this is a skinless dish, but if you're going for a crispier exterior, feel free to leave the skin on. You could even batter and dredge it if you'd like. You just want to make sure you prep your cut by shaving and removing any piercing or tattoos before you season your cuts. Oh, that's great advice. Wouldn't want any metal bits ending up on your plate. You're going to want to segment the limbs by slipping your knife through each joint, carefully severing any of that pesky connective tissue. You know how that can be. Mm. Now here comes my favorite part. Oh, that's right, Eric. We're going to want to open up the abdominal wall here. Just remove all that organ meat. Save it for later. From there, we'll be taking our limbs to the bandsaw where we can get nice clean cuts. It'll just make deboning a breeze. Ah, how industrial. Now, folks, don't forget to wear your protective goggles when you're working with power tools in the kitchen, shed, dungeon, or wherever you find yourself preparing this fully grown adult male. Welcome to The Devil's Cut, not a cooking show, but a podcast, all about the things that go bump in the night. If it's spooky, scary, or spine-tingling, we are here to talk about it. I'm Matt Young, your resident man-boy possessed by a devil, and I'm here with the skeleton everyone should want in their closet, Eric Rossi. Eric, would, would you eat people? Would I eat people voluntarily probably yeah. not yeah not not even all right so i'm gonna t- i'm gonna take this you know we have a uh, we'll, we'll leave his name out of this we have a, a mutual friend who who, <laughs> who pretty much as honestly it seems like any opportunity he can get he makes a point to, <laughs> he makes a point to tell us how he would definitely eat people in fact he like kind of wants to eat his own flesh which is like a weird not like you know not unheard of not like he's like actively seeking out a way to do it but he's just kind of saying like he's curious right like if he had to get a limb amputated he always says like i'd kind of want to keep it and like barbecue it up and see what it's like mm-hmm. he, you know and i i actually agree with him on the like if i was at like a dinner party and somebody like was passed around hors d'oeuvres and the guy was like hey listen nobody's gonna know but just just to let you know these meatballs are people the crab rangoon is full of nose meat yeah yeah i would be like <laughs> nobody's gonna know this all right let me take a little take a little little i'll dip it in the sauce like see what it's like i think i think it would require <laughs> a significant degree of like farm to table like i would need the car facts on this person i want blood work i need to know that they're like not going to give me any kind of weird parasites but also, like, I don't... So you wouldn't want, like, Kroger, like, the Kroger no. sushi equivalent, Yeah, right? no, 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 no. I don't want <laughs> <Of> the, <people. laughs> the supermarket sushi of people. I want, like, the, the very bespoke, like... Sure. But also, like, I, I, as someone who has, like, smelled 
bad human meat like more times than i can physically count that's true i don't i think there is a degree of at least fear in my head that's like what if it smells like that because if i if it smells like anything like what i think it does i will be (laughs) mortified that's interesting going into this uh episode you're you're gonna have like a a point of view that i'm gonna want to keep coming back to so i don't know i guess <laughs> temper yourself make sure you're ready to revisit some old memories halfway through the episode i'm just like staring into the middle distance like <laughs> hey, come back to us hello hey come back to us but no you know i i i think morbid curiosity would win out for me i would i would want to try you know Here's the thing. I, I think I would only do it if I had, like, guarantee that there would be no societal or legal repercussions. I think okay. that's, like, a pretty understandable um, good or, prerequisite. Or I would have to be, like, really rich, right? Because I, but really rich, not, like, Army Hammer rich, because he was, like, too... <laughs> He was too rich to be written off as just like a 4chan vor guy, yeah. but he was not rich enough to get away with just being a cannibal, right? Yeah. Like there's a lot there. He was like in just really the middle ground that it was too unfortunate for him. <laughs> and I, I, I think it requires a degree of secrecy and like he, he was pretty outspoken about like, mm, I'm going to cook you up and eat you. Yeah. You know what? He really got told on, man. Yeah, well, (laughs) our society has kind of grown in a way that tends to do that. They're like, hey, those people want to eat people. We should get rid of them. Yeah, but still, I think people. I just think if he was just, if his family was, if he was one of the, from the different oil family, you know, one of the better (laughs) ones that, not better, better, (laughs) not better, like, uh, more godly, but like, you know, just more successful at being horrible, you know? (laughs) I think if he was one of them. We wouldn't be, we wouldn't have the whole, we wouldn't have a whole three-part documentary series about it. <laughs> but yeah, so there's my, you know, I, I think I would, I, I, in, since I'm likely never going to actually be approached <laughs> with, with the, uh, with the option, I'm going to mm. tentatively say, I'd be morbidly curious. I'd try, especially if there's like a good barbecue, you know. I think I dip. would, I think I would need to have it in a blend, you know, it's referred to as long pig. I don't oh, know yeah. if you're aware. Oh, of course. Um, but I, I think I would have to have it in like a, a, a Robert, uh, is it Robert Picton? The Canadian cannibal guy? Yes. Yeah, uh, I would have to have it in yeah. like some sort of like, you know, melange of like <laughs> some some pig meats, some human meats. Just so a little just, sausage just, action. Yeah, a little, you know. shake it up. I need, I need a, a blend, a ground blend. Right, okay. Just like throw it in there at first just to be, you know, I, I think I, I'll take it straight just give me like a artisanal ketchup you know some sort of chutney <laughs> like i'm you know me i'm a sauce guy i know you are like you know you're very you're very just straight give me give me the food don't I like put a the bunch taste of stuff of on the it. meats so i want to taste the meats i don't want to taste ketchup listen i'm sorry that your tongue and your palate isn't complicated enough to to experience I, both flavors at the same time i will admit it's inferior <laughs> Uh, well, if you haven't already guessed it, uh, guys, this week we are talking about cannibalism, specifically cannibal movies, Um, but we're going to touch a little bit on just like, you know, our our experiences with cannibalism. I don't think experiences is the right, I, maybe our knowledge, our knowledge. I don't really have, I, I, 
I hesitate to say, you know, knowledge, because uh, I don't want it to seem like we're doing like a little uh, breakdown on the history of cannibalism, because I, I, that's information that I didn't really go no, that that's, far that's into. like a whole that's a whole different show <laughs> that's a discovery channel you, you subscribe to hbo max or something if you want to learn about that <laughs> like get to national geographic or something that's like uh, a mid-aughts history channel afternoon <laughs> uh yeah so we're talking about cannibal movies today uh and also forgive me uh if i sound uh periodically like a muppet or squidward at any point i've been a little under the weather this week he got us both sick yeah but well eric's still in the early stages so he he's fine to you know record and i'm in the late stages so i'm just getting over things so we're, we're in the perfect time to record <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so um, I, this was this one was kind of your your idea you came up with. So I'm gonna like let you take the lead on what you think. Uh, we, where where were you thinking we should start on this whole well, uh, delicious journey? <laughs> being that we are now in the seasons of eating, we are in our Thanksgiving times. Of course, we are in our our Christmas times. These are these are seasons of People. big big meals, big feasts, the harvest. Everyone's coming together. Everyone's picking up their free turkeys and their exactly. free hams. They've already spent eight thousand dollars at Shoprite and Piggly Wiggly. So I thought it, I thought it was only reasonable that we talk about the worst eaters amongst us, the eaters of people. Worst, worst. Are they the worst or are they the best at eating? No, the best at eating is Joey Chestnut. <laughs> well, you know what he had. You know he's been he's been letting it go lately, and I think I think we're primed for a new. A, a new sun name. sets on all of our legends, all right? <laughs> no one's topping him right now. No one's stepping no, up it's to true, claim it's true, that. Though. We I don't think we can name an, uh, another person that people would recognize. I, you know his name. He's a he's a public figure in america here right so yeah i'll 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 cede to you that joey chestnut is the best eater but i i thought if if we were going to talk about you know the the cannibal movie genre that we should we should kind of like go back to some of the origins of the most successful cannibal movies sure we have I think no one would argue that our, our top two cannibal is the cannibal family scenario, right? So we have Texas Chainsaw. Sure. And The Hills Have Eyes. Right. Now, he, here's the thing. I have only seen the remakes of Hills Have Eyes. I've actually never seen the original. Oh. Um, it's far woodsier. That's what I heard. It's, it's much less nuclear mutant yeah they right so <laughs> that the the remakes kind of capitalize on the uh the nuclear testing uh kind of fallout effect that right. it had on the the local fair yeah mutation and and biological effects of, of nuclear testing and stuff but the original west craven one was far closer to almost like a the wrong turn kind of like oh, okay. hillbillies so, style. so like the 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 grotesque hillbillies in the middle of nowhere yes very woodsy and the inspiration from that actually comes from like a historical legend which i have here for us today Ooh, yeah let's start there wait let's start with some history and we just said that we didn't have history but we have we some we have a light we have a light walk through through memory lane so this is the collective the genetic memory lane <laughs> yes, we're going yes. we're everyone's strapped into the animus we're assassins <laughs> creating you into the <laughs> but we're going back to the 16th century uh scotland to talk about the sawney bean clan 
Sawney Bean? Sawney Bean. Bean. Sawney Bean. Now, is that actually how it's pronounced? I've had a lot of cold medicine today. Or is it something crazy? Because me and Heather have watched a lot of uh, Outlander. And when you, like, see things written... You're out of your mind if you think I'm going to try and do a Scottish accent (laughs) right now. Well, it's like... Well, it's crazy because, you know, you could... It it looks like it's pronounced Sawney Bean, but, like, as far as we know, a, a Scottish like native would be like oh it's swarness uh, or something and you're i've like, heard you're like where are these letters coming from as far as i know all of the american pronunciations i've ever heard of it is sawny bean okay but we're gonna start with alexander bean and do we have a year on this 16th century okay. year is vague because you know again <laughs> legend right um now this isn't like this isn't like a confirmed historical well, we'll, we'll, okay. get, we'll get into gonna, that you debate. know what you, you go for it so alexander bean uh was married to a woman who was driven out of society because she was practicing witchcraft classic as a result they kind of couldn't live anywhere near you know normal society because there was worry that she was going to be you know obliterated by society sure kind of like the family in uh the vvh yeah, yeah, yeah. They kind of well, they're kind of like religiously ostracized, but not not dissimilar. They kind of get kicked out of society, so they kind of have to find a way to fend for themselves. And Alexander and his wife become more of like a highwayman kind of duo, where they're like robbing people to pay their way to survive. They're you right, know sort finding of like a, people. A Braveheart, Bonnie and Clyde, if you will. Sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Not not too far off. Equally gross people. Um, so they take up residence in this coastal cave where they're only accessible during like low tide. Okay. Which draws kind of like our first big comparison to like it's definitely a legend because we kind of think back to other, you know, cave dwelling monsters. We think of sure. Grendel. Oh, we think yeah. of, you know, dragons. We think of cave people. Mm-hmm. They are a lesser, more kind of devolved set of people. Uh, as they, you know, grow their family, they realize, you know, food within the country and within their own resources are becoming very short. And they start to result to cannibalism. Of course. And unfortunately, Classic. to keep it all in the family, lots of incest. About oh, well, yeah. Three generations worth of incest. They build their clan up to about 45 members, which it is a legend says it's like a huge cave system, like an enormous like cave system. Yeah, and and we're and you can only get into this cave system at low tide. Yeah, so imagine like imagine like the the sea level sure. and then there is an opening and then they can kind of crawl up into it into the cave system well, right, right, and then right. as, you know, that kind of isolates them and it kind of insulates them from any Damn. danger. Uh, the legend says that they cannibalize over about a thousand people in 25 years. A thousand people? I mean, 45 mouths is a lot to feed. Mm-hmm. I wonder, like, how, how, how far does the, does, does human meat go? Like, how, how many people can a person feed for how long? I wonder. Hmm. That is, don't, don't know. <laughs> Can't tell you. But well, good question. Long, like, how long does a, 
I would imagine a, ca- a full cow could feed people for like a pretty long time, right? Yeah, I mean if it's prepared appropriately. Yeah, but we're talking well, we're, we're ta- talking about 16th century cave people uh, in Scotland. So oh, I guess cave people, yeah. Well, because I was gonna say, you know, like ba- using like properly preparing meat, and you know, was was of utmost importance back then. So they would know how to do it. But I guess if they're cave people you know, who can only see the light of day at low tide, then maybe maybe they're not able to store their uh but also, store and butcher who knows? This could, they could have been they could have been like the you know, Michael Jordan of preparing human <laughs> meats. Like if you gotta cook for an entire, you know, clan of people, like I'm sure you get pretty good at it at some point. <laughs> it just the caves must be so wet. Like you gotta how are you gonna dry out all how are you gonna jerky any of this? Smoke them. I guess so, yeah. I've I've watched a lot of Naked and Afraid recently, so like I'm trying I'm trying to like channel channel my inner like uh there's 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 this one guy, Matt, on Naked and Afraid who's like the he's like the meat guy? He, yeah, he well he's he's the best. He's the best naked and afraider ever. Like to the point where like they bring him in when people are doing so bad, they're like, Watch this guy do really good all by himself, you fucks. Oh damn! Like he just comes in and he just flex on him. Yeah, he just like bow hunts. He's like, oh yeah, I just killed like six deer. You know, whatever. I didn't even look. <laughs> you know. He... <laughs> but as you know, you would imagine a thousand people go missing over twenty five years. That's no short change. No, uh, yeah, especially like just in as not that like Scotland is like tiny, but like it's small enough of a countryside that like a thousand people go missing in 25 years. That's crazy. Yeah. So word gets back to King James, the fifth, no, excuse me, sixth. And, uh, he's like, well, that's fucking gross. And I can't have that going on. I'm trying to genocide those people. So (laughs) I need to send a search party out there and they need to go track down these creeps and bring him back here to England where I can execute him. Oh, I thought you were going to say, like, give him a reward because he's like, he did half the job for them. No, 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 no. <laughs> so he, you know, rounds up the clan, brings him back to England, and in an interesting twist, very brutally executes these people where they're cutting off different, like, limbs and body parts, essentially dismembering all the men of the clan. Mm-hmm. And then hanging them in front of the women as audience, intentionally, and then burning them at the stake. And then the women get burned at the stake, too. Oh, okay. Just, just you know, for yeah, good they, measure. Yeah, they're not getting off easy. <laughs> they just don't... Well, they did get off easy. They just got burned. They didn't get all the other, other parts. Easy is subjective. <laughs> but there... Most scholars agree that based on ledgers and, well, lack of evidence that this is more than likely just kind of like imperial propaganda set up to dehumanize the Scots and make it easier for them to be like subjugated by imperial rule. It was the direct inspiration for the family in The Hills Have Eyes. Mm. Wes Craven said he found found out about the legend reading in a uh, library, I think, in New York one day. And he was like, yep, this is it. That's my ticket. I'm writing a movie. It's crazy that he went from like, uh, <laughs> like this. He was like so inspired by like this historical story, and then we're like, no one knows it. They're like, forget Hills Have Eyes. We like Freddy Krueger. Mm-hmm, Tell mm-hmm. us about the Dream Guy. Well, I mean, he's just he's just got so much charisma. It's true. Um, but this story is like a really interesting uh, encapsulation of all of the like cannibalism lore. 
because you have the isolation from society you have the family the kind of like group unit Mm -hmm. you have the inevitable brutal end (laughs) because historically we tend to not really do well about treating these people or attempting to rehab these people sure it kind of evokes a very primordial fear in people and then they end up you know very brutally executed in almost a similar fashion to the way that they were treating other people Mm -hmm. yeah uh it's it's actually pretty interesting um that you brought you know that that you you say that this this tale of the um the, the saudi bean clan uh is probably pretty likely just propaganda um because that's like not it's it's not the first or the last time that like calling people cannibals has been used very successfully uh as a way of like um energizing colonial colonialization yes yes um (laughs) there's it's there's almost nothing like better to to get people like rallied around like just completely annihilating a specific group of people and saying oh they ate pe- they eat people they eat people they so eat we got so we got to get rid of them right i mean it happens like literally at, like everywhere like and it's it's mostly white people and we apparently even do it to ourselves yeah <laughs> um going like ugh hey eaters got to get rid of them they 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 eat people come on other white guys let's go like we did it like we the conquistadors went to south america and they're like oh they <laughs> look at those guys wearing the jaguar pelts they eat people get them get gotta eat them. gotta get rid of them the english went to a went to north america and they're like oh look at all look at all these peaceful people they're definitely eating people let's get rid of them <laughs> uh it, it it like happens like constantly throughout history um, um very cyclically we'll come back to kind of the themes of this story in our last uh movie that we're going to discuss today yeah i'm i am actually i do have a, a like more on that because i know what we're, we'll be talking about um cannibalism in movies uh has you, you know you have like two different like avenues you you have like the movies um where you where there's like the characters are encountering like a specific group of people like an isolated mm-hmm. uh family or i like it feels like you to say but like a tribe of people or an indigenous people who like oh we've stumbled into them and now we're we're kidnapped and we're getting eaten yeah. right but then there's also like the an, another side of cannibalism movies where it's and i this is where i kind of prefer my my cannibalism in cinema to show up is where it's like used in a more like artsy metaphorical way mm-hmm. you know so you have your maybe, hannibal lectors and yeah you and have your like. silence of the lambs like your your fancy like i i think the hannibal lecter is a great example um less so in silence of the lambs mm-hmm. but uh i really really like the hannibal tv series yeah because man does that show like artsy the fuck up oh yeah <laughs> uh, oh yeah e- the the uh endeavor of eating people um, but even things like, uh, I mean, it's the opposite end of the spectrum too. Cause you know, you're getting your highly intelligent, highly, you know, accepted in society, uh, well-educated, uh, sophisticated individual who is also partaking in ritual eating that otherwise is only shown at the opposite end of the social and 
financial spectrum. Right. Which actually brings me to what I, I, you know, where I was working towards is so, um, cannibalism basically is, as a society we've determined is pretty much the worst. Yeah. The worst, right? (laughs) There's a lot of things that are bad, but there's almost nothing more like taboo, right? Than, Mm -hmm. than eating people. That's the one thing like, you know, people get away with murder. People get away with all sorts of horrible crimes, but like we just said, if there's one thing that we can guarantee, like a whole society will rally behind, it is, it is cannibalism bad. <laughs> Get rid of the people who do that, right? <laughs> um, so, in terms of cannibalism in cinema, we're actually kind of it's it's actually a uh, throwback to to the Frankenstein episode. We're sort of seeing like a similar uh, rebirth or a re- rejuvenation in in cannibalism in movies, similar to how Frankenstein's making a good comeback. Right, makes sense. Um, you know, we've had a lot of stuff over the few past few years, and this is stuff I'm going to touch on later when we're talking about things. But we've had just real quick, like really successful movies like Fresh, Bones and All, mm-hmm. um, shows like Yellow Jackets, oh, um, yeah. that are that have like cannibalism and eating people like at the front forefront. and center, yeah. forefront. Like that's what these things are about. I mean, Yellow Jackets there's a lot of themes going on, but like. The show makes a good point to be like, guys, these little girls are eating people. Uh, and also, it gives us both sides of it. You have the cannibalism for survival, and then you have the cannibalism for, for weird pleasure. other reasons. <laughs> for weird other reasons. Weird other reasons. Um, and so I, I think it's like pretty interesting that we're having this this resurgence uh, of cannibalism similar to Frankenstein. Because I tried, I got into it a little bit what I thought was the reason why as a society we're into Frankenstein right now. Mm-hmm. You can go back, listen to the, go the check episode it out. last week. Um, there's like, I, I feel like there's a similar thing happening with this um, because basically, you know, like uh, I got into this on the Frankenstein app. Smarter people than me have like connected like the rise of like zombie movies to like different like sociopolitical things that have happened. Uh, same with superhero movies, like post nine eleven superhero movies and zombie movies, right up top, just right up top, right. And it's because like movies are like a- an escape for people, right? But they're also like a coping mechanism because that that's like you know for you, right? I mean, both of us, I guess yeah. we both watch horror movies when we're like bummed, right? Like if we're like feeling sad or scared or anxious, we watch them because like it's like oh that horrible thing is like way worse than what's going yeah. on with me. So it's like a nice, like you can, you can kind of like take a step back a little bit of a release valve. Yeah. And go like, Oh yeah. Thank God. I'm not getting, <laughs> getting chased through the like, woods. <laughs> yeah. Chased through the woods or like cut in half by a dream demon or like, Ugh, all right, things aren't so bad. Right. So they're like a coping mechanism. They're also an escape. They, Cause it's always just like, well, this is so like, far beyond, like, what could happen to me, that it's, like, really no big deal. Mm-hmm. And that used to be the case, right? Like, for like superhero movies are one thing because it's about, like, overcoming, like, the things that are, like, yes. you know, uh, bothering you or, or as a society even, like, thing, like superhero movies are about, like, conquering that, right? You know, that's, like... Uh, it, it, the triumph of good. Yeah, it was all about, especially post-9-11, you know, superhero movies were, like, especially the early ones were like all it was always battling terrorists right like yeah. that and it's like you know, the the guy with the shield like beats up like like 40 people from the middle east and it's like really problematic but we're all like fuck yeah right <laughs> you know uh but like horror movies 
tend to be like a little more complicated. Um, they're they're not always about just like triumph. Uh, sometimes they really are just about uh, a, a catharsis of something, uh, just a, a way to like like live through the fears without the actual you know events occurring to you. Um, so like recently though, <laughs> we we've had a lot of stuff happen in the last few years, right? At, at, on a global scale, right? So like movies are are kind of losing the like well that could never happen to me right because <laughs> yeah like we've had a, a tons of like political upheaval environmental disaster we've had so much like uh, as especially in america we've dealt with like tons of like police brutality you know the pandemic happened so like we can't just like watch you know like contagion anymore because yeah. like it's like oh that'll never we could we, we used to be able to watch it and be like oh well the world will the entire world will never be overcome by a virus and people will never die. yeah it hits a little closer right. to home <laughs> right so like we are sort of like you know and we we used to be able to watch like oh remember how 2012 never happened so we made a movie about it to see what, how fun it would be if it happened <laughs> but now like you know california was on fire for half a year and like uh <laughs> Canada was ablaze and like the world looked like uh Sauron was looking down on us yes you know so now like disaster movies aren't even really as fun as they once once were yeah so we're really kind of backed into a corner where so like what is the like the last cornerstone of like this could never happen to me is like well no one's gonna eat me right (laughs) (laughs) oh please hopefully (laughs) Right, so like I really think that we're we're having this resurgence of cannibal movies because it's like how the taboo stuff is almost all tapped out. I mean, it becomes a daily occurrence. It's like, a very valid we're, point. We're experiencing like school shooters and public bombings and like just violence constantly. So like that kind of stuff is so commonplace. It's not it's not like a a place we can go to uh, like a safe escape scare yeah. fantasy anymore. Yeah. So I think <laughs> we're going to get a lot more cannibal movies because that's all that's left <laughs> until we start, until like we run out of oil and like, <laughs> and like the, the pulse happens and there's no more internet and the like, pulse. The, and, and, then, and then we start eating each other until then. Yeah. I think, I think this is going to be the last bastion of like, of tabooness. Like, I don't even know what could, what, what could we come up with as like, that's too far you know, I mean, it definitely makes sense. We've also seen a huge rise in like more of like the monsters and demons and like spooky yeah, people. Yeah, things that can't exist. Yeah, yeah, Whoa. yeah. Please, oh. fingers crossed. <laughs> right, like, uh, you know, fingers crossed. I'm wrong. Give me, <laughs> give me a kaiju, please. Oh my god. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I, I think it's uh, we're in like a, an interesting time, especially if you like these kinds of movies if you're if you're a listener who like is who vibes with texas chainsaw hills have eyes movies like fresh or raw uh all things we're gonna get into in a little bit you know i i think you're i think you're in for a good time the next few years <laughs> yeah i i, I and it, but that's just me i mean how do you feel about i it? i i really have no argument against it that's pretty much it feels like you hit the nail on the head not to be a self-congratulatory pair, but like that was pretty succinct. Thank you. I I did some research and I did some thinking, and I was like, you know what? I think this is my stance on this. And luckily for you know horror fans, there is a sliding scale, like most other subgenres, of you know how much cannibalism a movie will 
will portray and how much is tolerable and how serious they take it and how horrific it is versus, you know, perhaps how clinical it might be or how, uh, you know, humorous, you know, cause there's a lot of, there's a lot of humor in there. There's plenty of very comedic, uh, you know, horror cannibalism movies. And then on the flip side, you have some of the most brutal depictions of human dismemberment that I have ever seen on film. Yeah, that's kind of the beautiful thing about horror in general. It's like eating at an Indian restaurant, right? Where mm. you, like, every dish, an Indian restaurant in America. <laughs> Fair. Because <laughs> no matter what dish you point out, you, you they're going to be like, all right, well, how many elephants of spicy do you want this to be, right? <laughs> like... You know, like they'll have yeah. like a little little cartoon elephant, and it'll be like, "Do you want five elephants or do you want one elephant?" And horror is kind of like that for any of its little subgenres. You've got a movie for like every every tolerance, right? Yes. No matter what flavor you want, there's a different spice level that you can yes. adju- adjust to. Now, again, just in America, uh, you, you go to India, they're not gonna fuck around and no. <laughs> and cater to, to your your mayonnaise palates, but. Uh, <laughs> But I think with that in mind, we should start, we should kind of structure this as that sliding scale. So we're going to start with our, a little bit more, I don't want to say lighthearted, but more comedic <laughs> and more uh, slapstick approach to the cannibal genre. And then as farther we go along, it'll become a far more intense uh, experience. Yeah, sure. Of course. So what uh, what's first uh, on your list here? I, like again, I'm letting you take the lead since uh, you know I I, fr- I front loaded with my I did some more like uh, like you know philosophical philosophical <laughs> research and 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 thinking for this and I was like I'll let the movies you know Eric's got the movies on lock so I'll I'll I'll, I'll put all my effort into the beginning. So I I think right off the bat we're gonna go very funny very silly. Um, Honestly, still very offensive. Uh, 1987's Blood Diner. Oh, now, I, this one came up, I, I think, a couple times when I did some Googles for, like, best cannibal movies. I'm not I, sure if you were this. there the night. Oh, you weren't? Okay, so we watched this while we were in school one night. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty Matt, sure... Matt's our, missing. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure it was either Dylan or Travis, our Australian import. Who, who brought this to our table, and it is it is a weird fucking movie. Uh, it is about two cannibal brothers. This who, is an American movie? This is an American movie. Okay. Um, it is about two cannibal brothers who witness their cannibal uncle get brutally gunned down uh, in front of their house by cops because wow. he is on a, a killing spree. He is attempting to gain enough... That's the prequel. (laughs) Kinda. uh, You'll see why. He's trying to put together enough body parts to resurrect this pretend Egyptian god. And I say pretend because it's wildly offensive. They say it's Egyptian god, but it's it's just... (laughs) They clearly put no effort into learning any of the real ones. Yeah. Um, So they grow up and inherit this business uh, of this diner. Okay. And eventually end up digging up their uh, uncle's brain and eyeballs and resurrect him so that he can guide them through the ritual of resurrecting their, you know, all-powerful being. Part of that is by, you know, chopping up people and putting them together. And what do you do with all the rest of the stuff? Well, Matt, you make money off of it. Well, and of you course. sell it to the masses. Yeah. Sweeney Todd style. Of course. 
this movie was originally written as uh like the the first draft of the script was written as almost like a sequel to the 1963 blood feast oh which if you have made by the same people no oh (laughs) Uh, blood feast was a far more serious movie and almost pioneered kind of like the splatter fest genre of horror movies has one of the best like shower kill scenes i've ever seen i'd argue rivaling psycho this lady gets stabbed in a tub a bunch and it's it's pretty fucking brutal nice but it's super bloody it follows a very similar plot where you have this guy who is trying to resurrect this egyptian god oh still through it still has this egyptian god through line that's where it comes from weird uh but unlike blood feast who takes itself relatively seriously in its pursuit to make a movie Blood Diner is, like, super slapstick, probably some of the worst, uh, like, 80s ADR I've ever seen. (laughs) There are actresses and actors who are, like, delivering an on-screen performance, then their voiceover afterwards is completely different. They're not even saying the same words. Oh, my God. We have, like, the boom mic dipping into scenes intentionally. That's always my favorite. It it is so, so goofy. And like I said, it is relatively pretty offensive. It is (laughs) uh, still, like, that late 80s humor. There is some some stuff that most viewers would prefer not to go through. But at the same time, it's a very schlocky 80s film. We got some nudity. We got some gore. We, uh, oh, tons of boobies, (laughs) boobies galore. Honestly, if you're looking for something on the more humorous end of the cannibalism spectrum, I really don't know a funnier place to start from. It's, it's like so laughably bad that like (laughs) you, you just can't help yourself. Yeah. Uh, from there though. Yeah. What do we have next? Next, we're going to fast forward a little bit farther into the future to like you had brought up earlier fresh okay yeah that's very recent and we're moving again into the more artsy kind of sophisticated cannibal sphere where you have a girl who is trying to date online and she is doing her best to kind of sort out all the losers because if anyone has dated online who's listening you will know it's a nightmare scape out there in online dating and uh so she just is doing everything she can to try and find one single suitable, not crazy (laughs) individual. She's kind of like going for that uh, more traditional approach. She's not really into the guy she's meeting online. And she's, you know, kind of stumbles across this dude in a supermarket who like totally like flips the script on her. Yeah. She's like, this is exactly what I was looking for. It's my meat cute. I found this guy in a supermarket. Mm-hmm. He's so charming and so funny. I mean, it's Sebastian Stan, right? He's like, so how are you hot. not going to fall for him? He's so hot. <laughs> but after a couple dates, uh, you know, they decide to take a little vacation together and get away from the city and everything. And, uh, well, she ends up getting kidnapped by this guy and uh, turns out he's a cannibal chef. Yeah, he said he was a doctor right like he said he was uh some kind of plastic surgeon yeah plastic yeah. surgeon uh but reconstructive turns out, surgery right which he i'd argue he's far more a, de- a deconstructive, deconstructive surgeon, surgeon. <laughs> <laughs> he's 
Yeah, basically, because I, I, I this one I have seen. We watched it together, actually. Yes. Um, this one is crazy because the twist is is so it's so scary. Not that that you don't see it coming, but it just feels so real. Yes, you know it is very telegraphed, but it is a very like uh oh whoops. Yeah, I mean this is like uh, you know I, every woman's nightmare, right? Like you you meet a guy, yes, uh, you get close to him, you let your guard down, and then up oh, cut your butt off. Whoops, both butt cheeks <laughs> gone. <laughs> Uh-oh, no butts. Uh-oh, no butt. He sold it to a really rich guy. Because, um, right, he sell, cause he sells, he he kidnaps women and then sells their parts to wealthy. Not just their wealthier parts. Than, <laughs> wealthier than Army Hammer. Yes. Men. But it's not just their parts. He offers, like, we like, kind of like talked about. Like, cuts. Yes. Very right. specific cuts with a very personal touch. Some of the it's it's like almost like butcher box for yeah for, for people yeah it's so like cannibal like, butcher box yeah you get a picture of the person you get some of their personal effects it's like, like cannibals clothing venture. items yeah it's it's <laughs> gross and it is all paired with like these scenes where he's very like cleanly and clinically like preparing these meats in his kitchen and then boxing them and shipping them out and then you get to see some of these guys on the other end who are like unpacking their boxes and they're all excited and they're eating parts of them and it's just yeah, it's, it's actually a really gross. good scene when that happens yeah um well that actually also ties into another like reason why cannibal movies are so i, I think are so relevant today is because uh, you know when we're not talking about like uh colonial propaganda yeah. version of cannibalism of like oh the those people that we want removed they eat people the so, others so let's hope that they we as a society we must remove them the other end of the spectrum um like metaphorically cannibalism in media is usually used like at you know to as a way to explore the like hyper rich like it's because they're yes. so alien right like the most taboo it, yeah they're they're like so removed from society yes elevated like, beyond humanity versus right regressed before right humanity. so so like basically you, you don't get a, in, a, in cannibal media you don't get a lot of like <laughs> like frank next door like just you know you get sometimes you do <laughs> yeah but like uh you know you, you don't get a lot of like you know not blue, a lot of middle blue, class blue collar yeah. cannibals right it's usually like 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 out in the woods uh where and nobody knows these people live there or it's just uh, you know a ceo of uh, a company that delivers everything you uh want to buy <laughs> but but like uh but yeah so so and you know we are in a like not that like we've as a society like we've always enjoyed the super wealthy but like we're in a particular like disdainful era mm-hmm. of yes. we, there's literally a like hashtag called eat, eat the, the rich, rich. <laughs> yeah 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 <clears throat> so we're even getting on board with cannibalism you know so <laughs> it's really the time it's honestly the only responsible thing to do i think so um but yeah it's it's once again like i said it's one of those very clean i might get to try it sooner or more than later. <laughs> we're not close enough we're never gonna get to try it oh i'll try i'll do it be some protester in the middle of nowhere he gets a bite <laughs> um but it is it is Hashtag kind of a storm the cannibal <laughs> <laughs> that was not bad <laughs> merch coming soon um 
so outside of the can realism in this movie it is like a very uh metaphoric lens across like dating in our modern time and like women's perspective on like just being vulnerable within our society right and also being treated as as meat meat essentially yeah. you know uh, like and not not people how dating really like, like online dating really boils you down to just 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 your your nutrition facts like yeah and that's pretty much it, you know <laughs> oh nutrition facts that's terrible yeah but it's so and, true yeah it's uh, but but the movie does such a good job of, yeah. of illustrating that and it's uh it, it's it's actually one of my it, it was on my my short list of you know favorite cannibal movies i I thought it was great. Female-led movie as well. That's directed by Mimi Cave and yeah. starring Daisy Edgar Jones. Like oh, we said, she's so good in it too. She kills it. She's she's great. Yeah, it, it's it's a fantastic movie. If if you guys haven't seen it, also um, <laughs> weird to drop this in like 50 minutes into the podcast, but uh, like we now we can talk about movies, right? The strike's over, oh, yeah. right? Thank God, <laughs> thank God. So now we can say like, oh, I liked that movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so next up, I think our, our next stop is going to be going back in time a little bit. We're going to touch on Ravenous from 1999. Okay, yeah, so this was one that popped up a bunch in my searches. I've never seen it, but you watched it. Yes, I watched it in preparation for this because, like you said, it kept coming up in all of the searches, and I was like, you know what? I haven't seen it, but it's getting such like mixed reviews that it was one of those ones where, like, I gotta get my eyeballs on it. I gotta see what's going on. I gotta figure out what side of the fence I'm on. Because, critically, it is shit on pretty much wall-to-wall. So, bad bad critic score, great audience score. Yeah, and it's (laughs) funny, because it's like, if you look at, like, your normal critics... Certified frotten. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Your your normal... average movie critic will will kind of shit on it but then if you kind of look at more of your horror critics they're like it's pretty good okay <laughs> so trust, ravenous, trust in them ravenous is uh 1999 it is oh, uh set in the golden years of cinema <laughs> yes it is set to the backdrop of the mexican mexican american war uh it is about a colonel i believe who is in the middle of a battlefield and becomes so chicken shit that he just decides to lay down and play dead. Captain, Captain John Boyd, uh, he, you know, plays possum on the battlefield. He ends up uh, in the enemy's fort, comes alive and, you know, captures the higher-ups of the fort, and they secure that fort, and there's a huge victory for the United States. As a result of this, he is promoted and uh he it's kind of like a promotion demotion at the same time because uh, the guy they're giving a promotion so that he's not out exactly. actively influencing things yeah so they kind of realize like hey this guy did a really yellow belly chicken shit move but he did win like a major battle for us so we're going to give him promotion so that he can oversee this fort out in California in the middle of bumfuck nowhere. He kind of gets, like, sent out here to, you know, not be a problem for anyone. <laughs> sure. Uh, so he is isolated in Fort Spencer, 
which kind of acts as, in the springtime, a stopping point for settlers moving west to California. Uh, as people know, uh, it is a very difficult path to get across the uh, United States in these times. I've heard it was a real party. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but he's stationed out here with all of these fucking weirdos. There's like, uh, there's a religious fanatic. Uh, yeah, everyone's got to have one of those. Yes. There's a, uh, like super soldier guy. He's like super gung ho and he's real tough man's man. He's, uh, played by Neil McDonough. Oh, so he's got those piercing blue eyes. Yeah, for sure. Um, they're joined by Jeffrey Jones, uh, Jeremy Davis, David Arquette is their, like, uh, private, and they are also joined by two uh, Native Americans, uh, George and Martha, played by Joseph Running Fox and... Sheila Towsey. Sheila yeah. Towsey. Okay. <laughs> Can't read. Yeah. Uh but you what have this cast. That yeah. movie's got a crazy cast. Yeah, it's a bunch of weirdos. That's what's kind of great about well, it. That's it's the like, best part. Like, you know, you clearly... get a bunch of those like real like act. The problem is with movies these days. <laughs> oh, that... get Grandpa's Walker. They just like it's always like star, 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 star. But yeah. you don't cast enough of like the the lesser the the actors who are willing to be like the weirdo in the movie. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, lucky for us, they're all fucking strange. <sighs> Um, so we're following Guy Pierce, who is Boyd, Captain Boyd. Uh, he's been put, I think he's technically third in command of this fort, but he gets there and he kind of realizes... A, lo- a lofty position, yeah. third in command. Yeah. Well, That's wh- where you want to be, because you'd never have to do anything. Well, yeah, when there's seven <laughs> people on base, you don't want to be seventh or first. Third's a pretty good <laughs> middle good. spot. Third's good. Um, but once he arrives... Shortly after, they come across this guy, Ives, who wanders into their camp. He is, like, he pretty much passes out. He's on the brink of starvation. He's, you know, freezing to death out in the California mountains. And uh, they nurse him back to health after a few days. And he tells them that him and his wagon party kind of got derailed and lost in the woods. And as a result, they had to shack up in a cave. There was about, I think, like 10 of them initially. And as you can imagine, shortly after the food ran out, people started getting eaten. He tells them that this man and his wife were the only other pair left in the cave and he had to escape because he was like i knew i was going to be next i didn't want to get eaten we got to go back there and save that dude's wife because he's definitely going to eat her oh geez they rally the gang together and they make their trek across to get to this cave oh and, and it's traveling back then it was just so like you go more than a mile and it's like nah a snake's gonna get me or i'm gonna fall and like break my ankle then i'm dead like (laughs) there are two really hilarious falling down the side of a mountain scenes that go like the shot is just like way too long (laughs) these guys fall for like minutes at a time it's hilarious uh but once they get to the cave it's quickly revealed that the whole thing's been a ruse it's a trap and ives flips the script on him killing nearly everyone in the company except for boyd 
and Boyd narrowly <laughs> escapes with his life. Uh, as a result of this escape, Boyd is forced to consume one of his buddies. His buddies, of course. So now Boyd gets there first, and he's trying to tell everybody, like, "Hey, there's a cannibal out there. He just <laughs> fucked up our whole company." They get the general who like sent him out here to come visit, and he's like, "Look." We put you out here to not be a problem. You're, you're a huge fucking problem. Why is everyone dead? And he's like, there's a cannibal out there. He's he's crazy. He's going to get us all. We got we to gotta get out of here. And he's like, not only are we not going to do that, but you're like lowest in command now because we have a new general who's going to come out here and he's going to ship shape this place up and get everything back on track. And who walks in but Ives in disguise as another guy. Oh, man. So... It becomes this, like, cannibal v. cannibal scenario where Ives is trying to convince him. He's like, look, dude, let's just be cannibals together. We're, we're super strong. We're nearly invulnerable because the one scenario on here, we have a fun Windigo movie. Uh, oh. I did a lot of debating with Dan this week whether or not, like, different characters were actual cannibals or if they, they're something else because they're a monster. Like, right. say, for instance, um, Jennifer from Jennifer's Body. Right. Well, she, she is demon. eating people, but she is a demon. Right. So it doesn't really count. Yeah. As to where a Wendigo still gets to be a cannibal movie because it's the act of cannibalism that makes you them in... into the Wendigo. Yeah, yeah, okay. So we get this fun, like, duality of, like, I love eating people, you hate eating people, but you can clearly tell that there's, like, some major benefits from this. Right. And the movie just spirals into absolute fucking chaos. It's bloody, it's gory, it's hilarious <laughs> inadvertently. So unlike Blood Diner, who is leaning 100% <coughs> into their comedy, hmm. these guys are leaning into how absolutely disgusting and dark the situation is that the the humor is just inherent. Right. Like, it's such a dark comedy, mm -hmm. and the score does not do it any favors. <laughs> it's all, like, banjo and fiddle music set against you know it was the soundtrack of the era yeah Eric. yeah and it's so funny it's just like super dramatic cannibal knife fighting <laughs> to fiddle music it's like almost if you put a banjo to the tune of leonardo dicaprio getting mauled by a bear yes yes <laughs> and I, I i would be getting tossed in the snow yeah. and i i <laughs> I really do think that a lot of uh, the Revenant, the Leonardo DiCaprio movie, mm -hmm. was uh, at least influenced flavor-wise by this movie. Whoever made the Revenant, yes, because I don't remember who made the Revenant. Whoever made that definitely saw it. <laughs> had to have at, at least point. at one point, even if he doesn't wasn't consciously, you know, yeah. like you think he was like some memory leakage happened and he was just put it in there. Without, you know, spoiling the ending or really giving away much more, I, I think Ravenous is a, a, a wonderful <laughs> pick. And it's like kind of like a hidden gem. Not a lot of people have seen it. And the people who have seen it are like weirdos like us who are like, please watch this weird movie about Campbell. <laughs> well, it's actually, it, it's that I'm, I'm going to watch it because it sounds awesome. Um, and it'll make me feel better than a movie that i think is on your list that i think we should talk about next um oh it's definitely next uh bone tomahawk 
So yes. I'm actually fresh off of the, the Tomahawk train because I watched it like two hours ago, right? Like, yes. You know, uh, and I, this, this is a warning to listeners. We have officially moved past all of the funny cannibalism movies. Any um, humor or entertainment from them is purely coincidental at this point. Yeah, well, I would argue if we talk a little bit about Yellow Jackets, there's some comedy. You know. Fair, fair. <laughs> um, it, Yellow Jackets is surprisingly lighthearted at times, given the subject matter. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so Bone Tomahawk crosses into, so this is why I'm actually interested in watching Ravenous because it sounds like, uh, uh, it's in the same time, similar time period. We've got the, the Manifest Destiny era, the, the Westward expansion, Cowboys, uh, you know, stuff like that. Search parties. Search parties. (laughs) But... Ravenous sounds great because it's white people eating white people Correct. for the most part. For the most part, yes. The 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 I while I did I really liked Bone Tomahawk. I find it hard to give reverence to so the, this, to the to the colonization colonial colonialization cannibal style movies. Yes. So like this. And uh, one movie, I don't know if this is on your list, but we can talk about it briefly later, um, Green Inferno. Well, yeah, um, we'll touch. Any of these ones where where it's just like, oh, the bad guy is just this indigenous people and they eat they eat you. And it's like, this movie, Bone Tomahawk tries to explain it away a little bit, and I'm like, oh, mm, fine, uh, I'll watch it, you know, but like... I, I, like one eye open, like I'm, yeah, it's like you're dancing on <laughs> I'm the line. Si- I'm side eye in this movie a little bit because it's like they they try to explain away the cannibalism in this movie as like oh no they're not Native Americans they they literally go no there's they have they have a token Native American I was character about to say they the do movie. the I have one black friend and he yeah. says it's okay kind of yeah. thing <laughs> they have a token Native American uh, uh, character come in and he goes oh no you might think those guys are natives but they're not they're troglodytes. They live in a cave. They're not Native American. Cave dwelling, once yeah, again. Yeah, exactly. You know, but they go. He goes. No, it, it's okay if this movie shows these people in terrible light because they're they're not Native, so you're all right. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, mm, they're, they're just, okay. Like, sure. <laughs> Their willingness to integrate with your society does not necessarily make them bad <laughs> that, guys. That writer, that writer uh, is is to this day uh, in physical therapy for how how far back he had to bend for that. <laughs> <coughs> but yeah, so Bone Tomahawk, similar to Ravenous, but I, 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 as far as I can tell, given your description, much more serious in tone. Yes, Bone Tomahawk is a brutal cannibal movie. And it's not even a cannibal movie until, like, the last, like, 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's basically, the movie is about, uh, it's like a small western town. Um, there's, Patrick Wilson is in it. Fantastic. Um, you, you know, horror, horror golden daddy, Patrick Wilson's mm-hmm. in it. Kurt um, Russell. Kurt, of course, yeah, Kurt Russell, Matthew Fox, Richard Jenkins, uh, uh, I, if anybody remembers, he was uh, one of the funny guys in Cabin in the Woods. Yes, he but, was one of the. But he was. I I always know him as the dad in, <coughs> in Step Brothers. Oh yeah. <laughs> <coughs> I just picture him yelling at Steve Carell. Not Steve Carell. Uh, fucking Will Ferrell. Just <laughs> no bunk beds. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh. Dave. Another David Arquette. 
Yeah, uh, David Arquette shows up in these a lot. Somehow. Yeah, he likes these ones. Um, also, Sid Haig. Yeah, briefly yeah, in the beginning briefly there. at the very beginning. He, he's all, Heather, uh, <laughs> spooky wife, showed up this morning while I was watching. And she's like, why is this guy always in uh, the two? She's, he's like, why are these two people always in these cannibal movies? <laughs> yeah, uh, but um, it's it's this small town story. Like, the you know, Patrick Wilson's wife is a local, like, doctor's assistant. Nurse. Um, she's like a nurse, uh, but she's really a better doctor than the far better the, the doctor that's not even in the movie because he's just drunk and they write him off. They're like, ah, no, he's drunk. <laughs> um, she goes to tend to this another another similarity to Ravenous, big time drunk doctor. I, I feel like that's most just a, that's the time period the time, thing, right? Like if you were a doctor, the things you had to see, like mm-hmm. you probably were drunk most of the time. Plus, you had access to all the good stuff, right? True. Not only were you drunk all the time, but you got all the stuff, all the liquid. You're not going to sample you your prescribe. You're not going <laughs> to sample your uh, your uh, your your opium a little bit, right? Your little. Uh, <laughs> Um, but, um, yeah, so this one is, uh, Patrick Wilson's wife basically gets kidnapped while she's tending to a prisoner in the local jail, um, overnight. Kurt Russell is the, is the sheriff, um, and, uh, Richard Jenkins is the backup deputy, and he's old, he's looking old as fuck in this movie. He's looking way (laughs) older than he actually was at the time of filming this movie, um, and he's my favorite character because the whole movie, he is just like, he's, he's just like, like, like hunched over and just like, just talking. He's just saying random shit and everyone's like, shut up the whole movie. And he's like, you don't want me to shut up because all you're going to hear is men breathing and that guy's leg creaking, you know? <laughs> so I'm going to keep telling my dumb stories. He's like this sad widow character and like, he's just like. Everything he says is so hopeful. He's, he's an old man bard, really. Yeah, he really is the bard <laughs> of the group. This, this is a and d party, this movie. Yeah, it, yeah. it is such a D&D quest uh, that just ends horribly. But <laughs> it's like um, it's like a deemed, it's like a single session of D&D that ends in an almost TPK. Like yeah. a whole total party yeah. kill. Um, but yeah, so basically, uh, oh, Patrick Wilson is also like laid up the whole movie. Like he's got a shattered like tibia. And so his leg is in a splint, right, that his wife set up. But now that she's been kidnapped, he's like, well, I have to go rescue her because um, they've been kidnapped by what they assume are Native Americans. And then the token Native American guy shows up and he's like, no, no, no. Those are the troglodytes. You Hold try- on. I got to make this uh, movie yeah, morally I make this palatable. Palatable, yeah. Um, so he he's like, no. So they go on this hunt for troglodytes. Um, and you got this one guy who's like, ah, I killed 106 Native Americans. So like bring me with you uh and then you know kurt russell's the sheriff he brings sheriff deputy and then patrick wilson so you got like uh, a you got a massacre artist you've got a cripple and you got like the coolest sheriff we have a pretty good scale of morality too within yeah. the group you have your like outlier this guy who's like i'll kill any engine i see yeah. and then you have on the other side patrick wilson who's like i just want to save my wife and then you have the sheriff who's kind of very tightly packed in the middle yeah 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 uh, and then you got the bard, and he's great. Um, but most of this movie is just them getting mm-hmm. to the particular, like, pass. The horrors of the West. <laughs> and, and most of it is just, like, Patrick Wilson's leg creaking, and him. he falls so many times in this movie. And every time he falls, they, they have the Foley artist come out with, like, you know, 18 stalks of celery. Just like... <laughs> <laughs> like, literally, I'm like, this guy doesn't have a bone... 
it to be seen in his leg anymore. It's just Jelly dust leg. inside. <laughs> just dust. <laughs> like, it's, it's so funny that the, the sound design in the movie is fucking wild. Just in regards to Patrick Wilson's character's leg. Um, but yeah, most of the movie is just them getting there. And it's only, you know, after, like, multiple, like, run-ins with strangers and animals and terrain that they finally manage to get there sans patrick wilson they like leave him behind because they're like dude you're you're, you're fucked. like fucked up so we're we'll we'll leave rocks in piles for you it's to like follow. in skyrim where you don't want one of your guys to come along with you you're like wait here <laughs> yeah. with my inventory i'll be back i have to go do a sneak mission yeah that's basically what happens they they're like we'll leave breadcrumbs for you and then you can help you can come at the end of the movie um but the the rest of the crew like goes and they 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 find they finally do track down the entrance to um this like trog quote I'm quote quotations with my fingers here troglodyte cave, <laughs> um and it's like a cave this like in it, it's like um, the most unnatural looking hole like fifty feet up <laughs> into a mountain, and not even a mountain it's like a mesa right it's like I yeah. don't know how you, what this kind of rock formation is called but it's like. It's like basically the earth just goes whoop straight up all of a sudden and like plateaus off at the top. But like it's called a plateau. Half, well, no, the top of it is called a plateau. <laughs> um, but the like halfway up, you know, like 50 feet in the air is just this like c- like perfect cutout of like a cave entrance. <laughs> um, to the point where like there's when the characters get brought up there later, the 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 the, the cave people like throw down ropes that you have to climb up there every time mm-hmm. that's crazy you get real strong though but basically like the, the whole movie the the characters are like we have one advantage here and it's that we're smarter than them so let's not lose that advantage and immediately lose that advantage that's instantly literally the second they're like we're here all of them die or not die but like one of them gets like killed everyone and is everyone incapacitated gets shot with like arrows yeah. and like knocked out and incapacitated i'm like wow guys we're really prepared, huh? That intelligence went a long way. <laughs> but yeah, basically, you find out they they were you know the, these cave people, these troglites. They like when they the two characters and Kurt Russell and the um and the bard, the sheriff's deputy, get pulled up in and put in a little cage. Um, Patrick Wilson's wife is there, and she's like miraculously. Yeah, they're like, "Where's the deputy? The actual deputy that got taken?" They're like, "Oh, he sh- they ate him, ate him big time." <laughs> Uh, and so, yeah, these, there's these cannibal people who just, they're, they're also very scary because they are able to do this like crazy noise. Oh, they yes. have like these like calls where they're like, they have these, like, it's like, you know, when, um, in Jurassic Park, when they blow into the, the raptor like vocal thing. Yes. It's like that because they have like these like bone pan flutes lodged into their throat, like almost like the. All of these people in this tribe been like traked, yes, with like these pipes. They they you they just like puff up their like cheeks and then like blow out their throat and make this like insanely haunting noise that the characters have been hearing the whole movie. They use it to communicate like non-verbally, like across yeah. like greater distances, and uh, like signal each other, and it is terrifying. It's, I don't want to go. I don't want to go against any enemy who's willing to put some sort of pipe in their throat in order to like make noises at each other. Oh yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Especially the the leader of that tribe is like this tusk guy who's got he's like implanted like he's just shoved like boar tusks into his face so that they, now he has tusks. Yeah, they're very into biohacking these troglodytes. Yeah, yeah, way more honestly, way more advanced than 
I would imagine these cave people to be, but like you know, they're because they, they gotta have something going on to keep themselves alive through all of this body modding because it's not light body modding. It's eating people. That's what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, you think it is just that they get the the power of they get the the. I mean, um, just like in Ravenous, the Wendigo just, power, yeah, the Wendigo power. That must be it. You think that was what was implied here? I always forget high protein content. Yeah, maybe that's high what, fat yeah. too. Good yeah, for survival. Their, their recovery, you know, their, mm-hmm. the big big time recovery. Um. But yeah, that's I, I would recommend that if you if you're into cow, cowboy movies, definitely. If you're into westerns, give it a shot. Um, because it is it's it's just a good western up until like the really brutal stuff happens, and then it's still a good western. But, but you gotta, then it is horrible. you have to like yeah temper your yourself. You have to steal steal yourself. They definitely spare no uh, expenses as far as showing you major on-screen violence especially once you're like in the cave yeah, they spent it they spent like 70 minutes showing you like but just desert basically yeah um <laughs> so they they really like spring for it at the end there um but uh, also it, you know it, it's again i i was i i'm uncomfortable for the most part with the with the colonialism cannibal stuff um it just feels bad and it just feels like a cop out a lot of the time which we'll get into next um but still pretty good i liked that one <laughs> it was my first time seeing it so i'm fresh off of it maybe i'll sour on it at some point but yeah i, I think it was pretty good well do you have any other uh honorable mentions before we venture into the dark heart of the jungle um no, I think, uh, yeah, one last one, uh, I guess a, a, pre- a preface to the jungle is definitely check out Yellow Jackets, um, because that's like a, a another one that tackles cannibalism in sort of a more artsy way, but also still in just a very realistic, brutal way. If you don't know what Yellow Jackets is, it's about a, it takes place in the 90s, it's a TV series on stars or something. Um, We're getting confirmation, it, yeah, yes, stars, stars. confirmation, okay. stars. Um, and it's about a like American North American soccer like high school so- girls soccer team who are on their way to like some sort of like championship series, um, and they're on a plane and the plane goes down in the middle of like the Canadian wilderness, and um, for whatever reason they like can't find their way out of the woods. This show kind of has like supernatural implications as to yeah. why they like can't find their way out, you know. But they find a cabin. And they all kind of like hole up in there, but eventually winter comes over the course of the series and like their food starts to run out and they can't hunt effectively. And like eventually the, 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 you know, they, they enter into pretty dire straits and cannibalism becomes something that's like on the table and and they're all, we're talking about like a bunch of like high school girls and like one adult guy who's their coach, who's like basically like an invalid because he's like lost his leg and now is really depressed you know (laughs) i mean i'd be bummed out too yeah but he could still do stuff he would just get over it you know (laughs) like he survived he's fine but um there's also like the interesting like aspects um are, are are that it's told from like two perspectives you get like the future where you're experiencing the adult lives of the girls who survived all of this and you cut and flash back to like the past and you get to see how all of this stuff unfolded but it's cool because you get to see like well well, if this girl's alive but what about her does she get eaten at some point you know i haven't seen her yet in the future but uh it tackles the whole idea in a in a very like interesting and like compelling and also like 
it makes you not feel like they're monsters, right? Because all of the main characters that you're rooting for are cannibals. Mm. <laughs> They've eaten people. Yeah. They've, they ate their friends, right? But you're like, but I still want them to, like, succeed in their efforts, right? Because it's like, they had to survive, like, a horrible experience. Like, cannibalism, like, for survival is, like, an interesting... Yeah. You know, um, uh, it's an interesting way to look at the all these kinds of... of movies that this whole subject matter yeah because like when know, it becomes a necessity it it, it, it puts it, a different lens across it's interesting the morality it's still horrific yes but it's not like you know like it's not like terrifying it becomes still more horrifying. In- internally horrific <laughs> yeah so it's it's like it, it's it gives you it gives you a different kind of scare where yeah. it's like you know you're 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 feeling different kind a different emotion than you would if you're like watching like Leatherface's grandpa eat like a chick for the seventeenth time. Yeah, right? the, the threat is no Still longer scary. <laughs> it's no longer an outside threat. It's a, it's a, it's an inward threat. Yeah, it's a threat yeah. that you bring upon yourself. Yeah, because it's it is one of the things where you're like, well, I can't see myself just like kidnapping, you know, uh, a, a bunch of teens and then barbecuing them, but like if I was lost in the woods and like someone died and now we have no food but they're dead should we just eat them like that becomes a much more realistic thing still horrifying but like you're like well that seems much more realistic of a scenario for me to be in uh so uh but yeah i check check out yellow jackets if you haven't already i mean what are you doing there's not much better tv happening at the moment definitely (laughs) you should definitely watch it not right now at least a couple months it'll be there yeah, let's uh, let's head on down to the jungle. Welcome to the jungle. <laughs> <laughs> All right, like we said up top, this is not for the faint of heart. We're gonna talk about some really gross stuff, not just like eating people, but doing other terrible, horrible things to people. So if you're not interested in that conversation, also actual like real life, like on set violence, right? Like animal and, violence. Yeah, and animal stuff. stuff. It's not gonna be. It's not gonna be pretty. <laughs> spooky wife puts the headphones on slowly now with that being said we are going to talk about what is i would consider the grand poobah of cannibalism <laughs> films it's got the it's got the big every time I, I i think about like grand poobah or the elks club or the um who are the guys who are the, the little fez hats uh the shriners yeah the, the shiner shiners right shriners shriners uh, I, I always, like, my brain, like, gets to them, and then it, like, edit defaults to the the, the buffalo got help, the, the, the oh, Flintstones wear. the Flintstones. <laughs> Where it's, like, the big, tall, blue the water buffalo blue lodge. water buffalo lodge yeah. with the horns. No, we're not talking about any of that. We are talking about the 1980 uh, arguably found footage movie that is Cannibal Holocaust. Oh, yeah, and right out of the gate, I mean, I know that they were going for sensationalism, but like, n- like the name is so off-putting. Right? Yeah, I mean, that's yeah, like you said, that's the point. So widely regarded as one of the most controversial uh, horror movies of its time, and even in modern times. Yeah, still to this day, I mean, my whole life I have always heard of like. You know, every once in a while, you go and search for, like, what's the most, like, fucked up horror movie? I mean, maybe not everybody does that, but, like, some every once in a while, I'll do it to see if, like, anything new has, like, skated yeah. past my, you know, 
that happens less these days now that I'm really dialed in. Yeah. Um, but you know, every every few years, like a long time ago, I would like be like, you know, what's like the most fucked, you know? And they'd be like, oh, watch Martyrs. That's pretty new. Or like, yeah. oh, watch um, uh, what's the the one that's like told in reverse? It's like a it's like a I think it's French. It's like a French like rape revenge movie, but the whole movie is like told like from back to front. Uh, I forget I forget what that one's called, but like they were like that one's the most fucked up now. But like he, like throughout all time, everybody always goes back to just watch Cannibal Holocaust. That one's the worst. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's really tough. Uh, and it's I've seen it. I'd say probably five times. I don't think I've enjoyed. That's a lot. Yeah, I don't think I've enjoyed it. I've seen uh, it zero. <laughs> yeah, but it is it is definitely a like landmark movie in horror. Uh, and in, I think, cinema in general, uh, it is not a good landmark. It's not like a roadside attraction you want to go, like, take your family to. It's more like a scorched earth, you know, uh, sign of a massacre. Yeah, well, it's very, like, exploitation. Yes. This movie, this movie right? So, as far as I, 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 my take on it, since I've never seen it. It just was one of those ones that never, like... I like. I always knew it was like fucked up and had like crazy shit in it, but it just never like the subject matter just never spoke to me. I was like, it just doesn't seem that interesting. <laughs> well, let's take a bite and we'll kind of go over the overarching plot for anyone who is either too too grossed out to watch it, yeah. has never seen it, <laughs> so that way we can really understand. The yeah, paradox. tell me all about it. That way, I don't have to watch it. Uh, it's it's a it's a bizarrely hypocritical movie. Weird. So. Right off the bat, opening scene, we see a news report uh, talking about how a crew of documentary filmmakers went wandering into the Amazon to find a uncontacted tribe and in an attempt to document them and show the world that there are still people who are living in the Stone Age. They are right. savages. The news uh, portrays them as, you know, borderline troglodytes, like, you know. <laughs> Bone tomahawk style. Yeah, like just, <clears throat> you know, ungodded people who are, sure e you know, is, eating each other and <laughs> just terrible. Is this a found footage movie? We'll get to that. Okay. So, after our news report, what we see is uh, a professor of anthropology is hired by this uh, American like broadcasting company. They're like, hey, we are sending you essentially as a search party rescue mission because we sent these documentarians into the Amazon to go film these people, and we haven't heard back from them. We're, we're worried about them. We need you to go find out what happened. So then like the first like chunk of the movie is pretty much him – uh, and a small team of people, uh, one a very experienced local guide, and they are waging their way into the jungle. Uh, and along their trip, they are bearing witness to lots of different, uh, very brutal realities of the Amazon rainforest. You know, different animal dangers, uh, different tribe dangers, because they're not just one, you know, people out there. There's a pretty diverse ecosystem of tribes yeah i will I was, <laughs> also i'm just thinking of do you remember i think it's like season three of south park where they go to the rainforest the 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 kids go on like a field trip they're like supposed to be doing this like um 
like singing for peace like uh uh, like where they go and they put on a show for like the local government and there's this one they're like this woman who's like supposed to be like showing them around she's like oh don't don't worry kids like the whole the rainforest is beautiful like just and like the whole (laughs) like the whole time she's like talking about how beautiful it is and then by the end of it the rainforest has like fucked him up so much that she's she's like sick of it and she's like fucking burn it all down Uh, but yes, they're, they're bearing witness to the, the, you know, very brutal reality of the Amazon rainforest. Um, and they meet up with a more peaceful tribe, uh, who kind of shows them their way to the other tribe where they suspect their friends have been cannibalized. Along the way, they see a ritualistic uh rape and murder of this girl for uh infidelity which they have to essentially sit through because they're like look if you don't you can't you can't interject yourself into this culture if you stop this guy from doing this he's going to be murdered by his you know by his tribe right because these other people like know a little bit about the yeah the guide is like very in touch with what's going on in the landscape um this is where we get our um notorious uh impaling scene where the person the girl is like impaled on this huge spike of a log uh and it is it is very brutal uh it is not fun to watch (laughs) at all and it all it is all captured like documentary style so it is it does have that kind of found footage feel because i know that the like um the director of this movie did he pulled like sort of the um uh, what the the paranormal activity guy did and like everyone like uses their real names but he also like made sure th- like the actors like weren't around yeah. to be found for a while afterwards to make people like convinced it was real yeah we'll get to the fallout it's it's <laughs> not great for him but uh so they they make contact with this tribe they recover the lost footage go back to america and the little bit of things that he's experienced there, uh, the anthropologist kind of tells this broadcast organization who's hired him is like, hey, man, like, I don't really know if you want to see what's on there. I have a sneaking suspicion that it's not going to be good. Like, whatever happened, it was really bad because all we found was a film canister and bones. Like, it's so whatever's on those tapes, you should, you know, be concerned. This is not something Thanks. that you want to release to the general public. And they're kind of like headlong. They're like, no, no, we, we, you know, we want to see what's going on out there. We told everybody we had this like, you know, brutal tribe of like, you know, almost like caveman-esque proportions. Like we need to show the world what's happening. (laughs) Unfortunately, after the footage is restored, what they find out is kind of like the very first and I think most important takeaway from the movie is that the footage recovered shows the original team members as they wade into the Amazon almost staging brutality where they are intentionally like they they meet the first tribe that you meet at the beginning of the movie and they like rape some of the tribe there's like a gang rape scene of the tribe members where like some of the camera crew is like what are you doing you need to stop this and then that woman gets raped also they are burning down these people's huts. They're just 
totally like rampaging, pillaging. Oh. And then the footage that they shoot, which is intended for their documentary, is kind of flipped on its head to where they're trying to make it look like, oh, the tribe did this. They're like, they're staging the brutality oh. so it looks like it's way worse out there than it is. Oh. And, you know, they get their comeuppance uh, because they do end up getting brutally murdered by this other tribe. Uh, a separate it, tribe. Yes. Uh, in an attempt to, like, escape. Oh. Along the way from their journey, there is a really brutal on-screen killing of, I believe, uh, a monkey. And they had to shoot that scene twice. So two monkeys died. So there's died. two monkeys actually died in the actual physical filming of this movie. Right. Along with one of the most uncomfortable scenes i think i've ever seen where they it's you know the movie's notorious for this they uh like kill and butcher a tortoise in an attempt to eat it because they run out of food right um and it is a real tortoise that ends up you know getting killed and it's like screaming and writhing the whole time and in the movie they don't even end up really getting to use the tortoise for the intended food oh so it's just like a a animal that gets killed for nothing for nothing all of this footage gets restored and he kind of sits these like broadcasters down and he's like hey these are the people you sent in the jungle to go find savages they're savages that's kind of like the morality of the movie it's the idea is that like we have these preconceived notions of what these civilizations are like when in reality the people that were sending in to document them are are monsters they're way worse and it's like the biggest paradox of the movie and it makes it like super hypocritical because it's like okay you set out to make the movie that makes that statement but at the same time you like brutally killed like a bunch of animals for no reason right Uh, like just for just for this yeah so it's like Okay, you knew the moral high ground that you were supposed to be making this movie on because it's the plot of the movie. Right. But at the same time, you're proving the point of your own movie. As a result of the uh, footage and the the movie getting put together and put out, yeah. uh, it was so brutal and so realistic that people thought it was a real found footage movie because similar to paranormal activity or blair witch the actors were kind of hidden away for like a full year prior to the release right um and i believe it was the italian government brought charges of like um what the hell is it called when you make like a snuff film uh, I don't know what the charge is called, but yeah. But yeah, it's but... pretty much charge them for making a snuff film. It's like, we just watched like a bunch of people get brutally gang raped and, and killed. Three or four people get murdered and eaten. And, along and with also some animals. Some died animals. And I didn't like looking at that. Yeah. And he, he was in a lot of legal trouble and had to fly people to Italy to testify. Say like, hey, and we're say, alive. Yeah, we're alive. Uh, it was all a movie, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and it I guess was props to the effects team. <laughs> yeah, it's it's bad. It's bad, and it's not you know it's not like anything censored. It's all there yeah, for you yeah. to see. And it is weird. I just think it's so weird that they would decide to make themselves the monster in their own movie about 
those people about being man being mean the monster. monster yeah it's just so bizarre <laughs> it was banned in like multiple countries oh, for yeah, years for a and long, years and long years time. but i mean now like you turn on like anything playing on an AMC and it's worse these uh, days like, dude i wish i could <laughs> like say any it given is. episode of the walking dead is more the, gruesome at least then it's like oh it's a zombie or whatever but like man some of the violence in this movie is like to, one still to, to this one day. still to this day and like I rewatched it like I think maybe a year or two ago when it was on uh, Last Drive-In, uh, oh. and it it still it hurt to sit through. It Damn. is uncomfortable to sit through. Don't know if I'll ever do it. Maybe one day I'll I'll like give it a go. <laughs> it's like one of those things that you can put on your horror like punch card or resume where right, like, like yeah I I watched I, it, I watched it. Yeah. and some people like I we have friends that are like ah. Oh, good on you it's awful <laughs> but then you know there are some people who are like it's a reprehensible film that honestly even now should continue to be like studied in a negative light yeah yeah well so yeah i mean that's wild i actually didn't know that that because i had no knowledge about the movie i had a very baseline like i know what the general theme of this movie was right but like i didn't know that it was about like a, a a comeuppance of yeah a film team who like most turns out don't. Bad most guys. people don't know that because I just of thought the it was like people, yeah i thought it was like people go to the amazon they get eaten by cannibals that's the end yeah. of the movie right which so which it basically is the plot it's actually like the reverse of cannibal holocaust is the plot of green inferno yes so <laughs> it has inspired many other films in its brutality and its specific setting like you said green inferno what's that eli roth right yeah well, but they take all of the wrong <laughs> lessons away in their pursuit to make another movie similar yeah so in tone so green inferno literally does that because green inferno have you seen that one yeah so so it's a that one's about a bunch of like teenage like green activists right uh, are all about like hey you're tearing down the rainforest for for like to for construction like you're you're just deforesting everything P tribes are being displaced like you're ruining you're killing people you're killing the environment so they all fly down there to like stop them to like tie themselves to trees and stuff but then th there's their plane crash is that what happens i think their like plane goes down and then they whoever survived they all get kidnapped by like a tribe of of cannibals and yeah. they, they just get put into a tree prison and they just get tortured and eaten until eventually they're like help us deforesters we're on your side now and then that's the end of the movie <laughs> yeah it, it, and like i said it takes all of the wrong <laughs> yeah. lessons that that cannibal holocaust provides because i feel like cannibal holocaust you could remake that with the same ideas just you know with a hundred percent less animal cruelty yeah yeah and that that lesson still holds like that's like an interesting yeah that plot. that kind of washes the movie at least <laughs> morally from like a reality standpoint clean of any like wrongdoing like if you can remake that movie and show that like okay yeah here are props and like we did it this way <clears> just <throat> to get the same point across that's your fucking movie eli but instead it was like no let's make them let's double down on the fucked up parts of this movie aside from the you know yeah let's villainize innocent exactly. and, and like let's pro like propagate 
uh, misinformation yeah. about indigenous people. Let's just do that. Let's make people more scared about like going into the, the Amazon where they'll be eaten by people. It's now, like... opposite side of the same <laughs> coin, there was that scenario we had a couple years ago where that douchebag uh, evangelical guy was wandering into, uh, I believe it was like an Indonesian tribe uh, in an attempt to like, uh, you know, convert them to Christianity and bring them the good book. And, uh, that guy got shot to death by arrows, uh, like a fucking pin cushion. <laughs> like, before he could ever reach the shore, they just riddled him with arrows. And, uh, honestly, good on them, because we don't want that message spreading very far into the woods. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> but, you know, that is the reality of what you're dealing with. You're not, you're not just, like, it's not just some kind of Boy Scout trip to teach people about God. It's like, no, you're dealing with forces beyond your time yeah but it's it yeah it but it's just like i i think <laughs> i think you could re not not that i'm saying or calling for cannibal holocaust remake or to re reboot the sequel <laughs> forget about all those cannibal holocaust sequels they didn't exist this it's is... only the first one this one follows directly up <laughs> <laughs> the cannibal holocaust requel oh yeah. god <laughs> The camera crew's back for revenge. <laughs> no, um, but yeah. So again, and it just like, it, uh, like I'll triple down on like the this type of cannibal story, just doesn't really do it for me. No, like I, I just not that interesting. Like I'll I'll watch it, but like I'm not gonna go out of my way like no. to see it. It just not that compelling right like, it's super brutal it is super problematic yeah. and the the issue is when you put the two of those together it makes <clears throat> it makes one not worth the other yeah it wouldn't be a problem as much if like you know if you make a movie like but like bow and tomahawk where you say like hey these are not native american people this is like a weird mutant, like, they're just people. This is the hills have eyes of Native Americans. Or like in the Green Inferno or Cannibal Holocaust, like, oh, you know, these aren't a particular, like, this is a, this is a, like, offshoot. Uh, it's not even, they're not related at all. You know, we're just making up, we're making up our own, like, basically creatures. The problem is that we can't do that because we have idiots in our society. Yes. Who, who can't make those kinds of deep like separations yes, they, in they, logic they spend so much time in the creation of these stories to go no 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 no, this is not the same and then immediately after consuming the media the people are like it's the same put them right they're right there that's what yeah. it's based on and you're like no yeah. dummy and there and therein lies the problem so i think these movies uh whilst they can be entertaining i don't think they're worth the problems that they like uh just keep propelling forward through society yeah um that's why, I've just, I just, again, I just prefer these cannibal movies to be, like, I prefer the fresh. Uh, we didn't even talk about it because I haven't seen it. I don't know if you've seen it. There's Raw, I know, is another, like, big. Raw I haven't seen yet. Because that's, like, a foreign one. That's, like, about a girl who is, um, her. she's, like, a young prodigy, and she's, like, starting college, like, she's starting vet veterinary school early. Veterinary? Veterinary. Veterinary? Vet veterinary school <laughs> um veterinary. veterinary school um she's like she's like a big you know prodigy so she's starting uh school early um like where, with her like sister who's like older than her but is in like gonna be in the same year or something um uh and she's uh she's like a vegan 
and has been her whole life. But, like, when she starts school, they, like, haze her and, like, force her to eat raw meat. Gross. And then she slowly... then so And that unlocks something in her. And she's like, oh, I really need to eat Got meat. Got it. Gross. But then I, like I think the movie, like, progress... And she's like, oh, animal meat's not doing it for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's where the movie goes. Um, and that's, like, you know, that's, like, using cannibalism as a metaphor for other things. Yes. Um, Coming-of-age stuff bones and all is like another huge one where cannibalism like that movie bones and all functions as a movie without any if you remove all of the cannibalist stuff it's just a drifter movie yeah Yeah, it's like a drifter romance movie. exactly that movie still functions almost exactly the same but they're using the cannibalism like for to to like talk about something else and i think that's when it's more interesting but i'm also not you know <laughs> you think i'm gonna poo poo i mean the same, texas chainsaw yeah absolutely the, the not, same thing you is know? you know like like you said the same thing is um been said about texas chainsaw it's like one of the only PETA approved like horror movies where they're like <laughs> yes this is to show how fucked up it is the slaughter of animals is yeah. and like the mass market <clears throat> farming that we do in this country like that's what the allegory is but it is a weird and gross subject, and I, I think this is about as close to it as we're ever gonna get. Yeah, we're not we're not really here to make like uh, decisions, like political and yeah. <laughs> societal decisions on like how like everybody should live their lives, right? Like we're not here to really talk about that yeah. kind of stuff. We'll we'll make some general like statements, right? Like a, a, and observations, mm-hmm. but you know we're not gonna you know. <laughs> tell anybody like if they should like start like like stra- strap on their battle gear for PETA and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, know? exactly. But uh, but yeah, but we're just here to you know talk about fun stuff. I mean, it, it's it's a brutal subject. It's like scary. It's taboo. But it's also fun. Yeah, like it's fun to to watch movies about this stuff. That's why they made the movies. Is why they've been successful. It's why they're becoming weirdly more successful and more prominent. You know, it's just like it's fun to just uh, take yourself out of the driver's seat and just like like just experience something that you'll never that is just like so wild. You mm-hmm. know, you're like, I can't ever believe that anything like this would happen. You know? uh, Big takeaway for me: uh, group cannibal movie, caves. Apparently, caves. caves is essential to the cannibal story Appar- for apparently. some reason. Um, rescue parties. Yep. I'd, I think three of the movies we talked about involved caves and rescue parties. <laughs> uh, and just kind of that, that it, it always brings forth that debate, like you said, on whether or not it's morally reprehensible to survive via cannibalism. Yeah. One thing I will have to say is they, uh, you know, I'm desensitized enough at this point in my life that I always get a little hungry. Yeah, you know, I'm starving. especially like Bone Tomahawk, and that was a gross movie. But there was one scene where one of the troglodyte guys was just like munching on like a whole human ham hock, and I was like, Some fried stomach growl, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> like to just be like, you know, like it's just oh. if like something about it, it just make, when I see food in a movie, I just like get hungry, right? Yeah. So like, it was, it was his food, right? So I couldn't, I I, I couldn't help it. It just ha- it just happened. <laughs> couldn't control it. Now. We don't condone any form of cannibalism, but a warning to you out there people who are potentially, you out there people, you out there people 
all you creeps out there who are considering it, you're not supposed to eat people's brains. Brain eating is bad for you. It makes you really sick. Well, you're not supposed to even eat, like, I know I know people do eat other animal brains, but you're also not really supposed to do that either. Right? No, it's not good. It's not good for you. The potential for sickness is extremely what is it, high. What does it do to you? I don't know what the exact disease is, but I, I, I know that it, it is, it is, I think, similar to a, um, not a rabies like a mad cow kind of yeah where where it's just like no 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 no, you're not supposed to put that inside of you your your body's not supposed to digest that weird yeah but i know i know that like specifically human brains will really fuck people up i I don't know why but i've just heard that but i i've also heard that like eating just generally brains from any creature is not really not good good not good for you just don't eat that just don't eat that there's so many other things to eat so many other good things (laughs) right like i mean you, you you get the you can barbecue some ribs, you can get a nice like loin. It's just like there's so many prime cuts. It's just like why go for the brain? I mean, even in like like cows, animals we eat every day, we don't even go for the brain regular. So, speaking of cuts, <laughs> in lieu of our usual final cuts, I think it would only be appropriate to talk about what is what is like the the most off the beaten path meat you have ingested. Oh, um, yeah, that's actually fun. That is a fun one. <laughs> uh, I-, I would say off the beaten path, off the meat and path, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I-, I haven't gone too crazy, um, but I have had, um, I've had kangaroo chili. Wow. Okay. Um, which was actually really good. Um, I used to work at a, uh, at a country club and they they had a lot of chef head chef turnover and when one guy was like getting ready to leave he was like <laughs> unpacking all the weird like meats he had ordered mm-hmm. you know and he was like oh, i got this kangaroo i'm gonna cook it up and so he made like the a bunch oh. of different dishes and he made like this chili out of this kangaroo meat and it was really good it was, <laughs> it, was it was pretty awesome um so i'd say like kangaroo is probably the weirdest thing although i think like it's less weird if you're from australia yeah i mean yeah they're like deer there it's less of an import yeah Yeah. but for here in america kangaroo is pretty uncommon so yeah i I guess that would be the weirdest thing i think the weirdest i've ever had uh and it still sticks with me to this day because it was the most delicious thing i think i've ever eaten i had bull's heart shish kebabs at a graduation party once and I had like six or seven shish kebabs because I could not stop. It was so good. And somebody had to like come up and tell me like, hey, dude, like you're only supposed to eat like a few of these because they're (laughs) so high in cholesterol. Like you could get sick. Like you're, this is not good for you. I was like, oh, thanks for telling me now. (laughs) How'd you feel? I'm like fucking ravenous for these (laughs) shish kebabs. But man, (laughs) oh, to get my hands on one of those again that'd be that'd be something <laughs> now you're a beach boy right so like have you ever had shark um i've had dogfish which is technically a shark i've actually caught the dogfish myself and oh and made it we, yeah we pan seared it uh at my friends <laughs> you went uh watered a table with it huh yeah uh we that was a bachelor party scenario where we all, all went fishing one day and brought home some weird stuff and uh I wish I could say it wasn't good, but it was pretty banging. <laughs> it was just nice pan fried. It was a good appetizer before we hit, went and hit some casinos. <laughs> what's something? What's something that you would like really want to have? Uh, 
you know, nothing that's like unrealistic, but like something like it doesn't have to be like uh, like something fantastical. Just, you know what? You know. I spent I spent two years in Florida and I had Gator one time, and mm-hmm. I feel like it was kind of like a bastardized. Like I had like Gator bites at a fair. I would have really uh, liked to like have some real Gator. Yeah, something a little less like deep fried mm-hmm. into obscurity. Hmm, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, it's not really. It's this isn't a like weird leap or anything it's actually like pretty basic i I just would really like to experience um what what is the like like the a1 like wagyu like beef yeah yeah, i would like at some point in my life to try like the beef where they can just like cut it raw and give it to you and you can just eat it and it's just like melts in your mouth i'm really glad that that is your answer and not that weird like french dish where you have to like put a curtain over your head and like kill a bird yeah that's gross Actually, I you know no, I'm not gonna change. You're gonna the get us canceled for that. I'm one. not gonna. <laughs> I'm not gonna change for the wagyu. But like every time I watch that episode of Succession where Greg, where, where Greg and Tom eat that, I'm like, I kind of want to try it oh, once. <laughs> Have you ever had like foie gras or anything like that? No. Yeah, I mean that's all too rich like, for my blood. <laughs> goose, goose, dead goose liver. Yeah, a nah. little too much. <laughs> I've never had uh, had that either. I've never had liver. So that's another one on my list of any kind. Like I think any I had some at some point. Liver. <laughs> but aside from oh, organ yeah. meats, we got a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, in the link to all of these episodes, we have, uh, or excuse me, in the description of all these episodes, we have a link to the Discord. Mm-hmm. Definitely hop in there. Hop it's in the open to anyone. You know, come debate movies with us. Come check out the latest coming out news wise. Uh, you get updates on when we're going to be streaming. Definitely go check out the Twitch channel, which is uh, Twitch TV, Twitch.tv slash Matt X Young. Matt X Young. Yep. Okay. Matt we're playing T-T-X-Y-O-U-N-G. We're playing all sorts of horror games on there every Monday, uh, usually around 8 or 9 p.m. Yep. Uh, Eastern Standard Time. If you miss the stream, you can always catch the VOD. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, we are working our way through For a the quarry. Yes, the quarry, a dark pictures game. It's kind of like a, a movie that you get to influence. And it's like play a choose-your-own-adventure movie. Yeah, which is pretty fun. Similar to the Dead by Daylight. No, it's the Dark Pictures anthology. Oh, not a Dead by Daylight. Um, there's Until Dawn. Until Dawn. The, That's what I was thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty much the same title with different words yes but very different games yes um we are working on uh a patreon so that hopefully we can do a little bit more you know to provide for you guys a little bit more to kind of make this process easier on us so we can put a little more time and effort into things yeah we got stuff coming down the pipe um things like uh we're doing patreon where you could be able to get bonuses like early access to episodes we're thinking about doing a sticker go the month club you can get some specific uh exclusive devil's cut stickers and other merch hopefully somewhere down the line uh if you guys have any ideas of the kind of stuff you would want to see within those tiers definitely hit us up we're open to suggestion uh after all it is all content for you (laughs) it's not for us it's for you we're here to provide (laughs) Uh, yeah, but I, other than that, I think that's it. Um, next week, now that the strike is over, 
You guys can expect us to talk about all the new stuff coming out. I believe next week uh, we will be discussing... Interesting enough, Eli Roth's Thanksgiving. Yeah, let's see if he can do better than Green Inferno. Let's see if he can redeem himself. <laughs> I don't I don't think he'll have to try very hard. <laughs> um, yeah, so exciting times now. Uh, thanks, for, uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for checking us out. Uh, and we'll catch you next week. Keep it real. Bye.